I've got a bit of a, a pop quiz. Who likes uh, rock and roll music? Hands up. Okay, I reckon there's... Uh, okay, here we go. Now, I don't want anyone to call out the answer. Okay, I want hands to go up when you think you know the answer on this. And uh, you put your hand down. You too, Owen. Okay. Okay, this particular song is considered one of the greatest rock songs of all time. That narrows it down, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was first performed in 1971, and the, uh, and the fans thought it was a flop. It was boring. So they thought. This song was never released in a single, although it is probably the most famous of this one band's song. It's the uh, biggest... Oh, we'll ask you in a second to see if you're right there, Mr. Bean. Um, it's the biggest selling sheet music in the history of rock. All right, it's got a couple more to go. Hey? Stuart, has your hand gone up yet, Stuart? <laughs> I should see if um, Maddie can do the lick on this in a minute. Because um, the guitar introduction is one of the most famous pieces ever played on the guitar. And uh, apparently it's not allowed to be played in music stores. <laughs> Maddie, tell me what this one is. Uh, don't tell, don't yell it out. Well, or yell it out, whatever you want to do. <laughs> My last one is, who grew up in the 80s? And there's a question in the 80s. Okay. If you grew up in the 80s, this song was to consider to have a satanic message if you played it backwards. Everything was. Okay. Who was the first now? Everyone heard what, uh, what Maddie yelled out. What was it? Smoke on the water. Yeah. <laughs> Stairway to heaven. Yeah. Who remembers that song? Who's never heard of that song before? <laughs> Eliza. <laughs> Dad, your dad's going to hum it for you later. <laughs> Who did? If there's a bustle in your hedgerow. Anyway, a lot of interesting facts about that song. Now, my message has got nothing to do with that. Um, well, it does actually, because I'm going to talk about what actually the, the, the theme or the, the biblical background. It's not a Christian song. Even the, um, the songwriter, Robert Plant, he said uh, he wasn't too sure exactly what it meant, um, but typically it's about a woman who got everything she wanted, and uh, she thought even when she get to heaven she could just control her outcomes. Um, and so I'm not going to be talking about that woman, but I'm going to be talking about a young man who uh, who goes on a journey and he finds himself in an uncomfortable and difficult place. And what we're going to discover today is we'll re maybe reminded today how God meets us in unexpected ways. Uh, how we can find God in unexpected places. And I know, certainly something, and I know, Aaron, you guys have found yourself in an unexpected place. A week ago, this was not where you would be. And I know others across our church family are, are resting through things that you go, how the heck did I get here? And what do I do when I am here? And so, uh, you know, sometimes my message prep, I've been preaching now for years. No, not right, not today. But... Um, Sometimes my messages come together fairly easy. I found this one was a little bit difficult for me to, to pull together. And, um, and, I, and I, I felt that part of that is because I think there's, you know, there's something in here that God has for people that is really 
I know some people are going through some difficult times. I really want to pray and believe that God's going to bring freedom and hope. And so I'm going to pray that I'm going to launch into this. So, so Father God, I just uh, come before you today. And Lord, I pray, I thank you that you are at work. I thank you your word says that you watch over your word to perform it. And so, Lord, I pray that as I try to put human words around what your spirit wants to say and what your spirit wants to do, Lord, I pray you help me. And I pray you give us all ears to hear what your spirit wants to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Um, so this young man's name was Jacob, is the guy I want to talk about this morning. And he was about to go on an unexpected journey uh, and have an unexpected experience with God. So we're going to get to Genesis 28. If you do have your Bible, that's where you'll go. I'll give you like five seconds to find it, which no one ever finds it in five seconds. Um, even if you've got your little Bible on your phone, you won't have it by now. Or it goes up on the screen. That's why I do it, Stuart. I know. It's amazing. Um, all right. So, first one. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him and said, you must not marry any of these Canaanite women. Instead, go at once to Padan Aram, to the house of your grandfather Bethuel, and marry one of your uncle Laban's daughters. May God Almighty bless you and give you many children. And may your descendants multiply and become many nations. May God pass on to you and your descendants the blessings he promised to Abraham. May you own this land where you are now living as a foreigner. For God gave this land to Abraham. So Isaac sent Jacob away. And he went to Paddan Aram to stay with his uncle Laban, his mother's brother, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean. And so Jacob's mum and dad weren't particularly happy with the, uh, the, the wife selection for their son. So they send him off to marry his cousin. Just saying. That's what they did back then. Today, not too sure that's a good idea. Um, anyway, that's what happened here. And so, so, so mum and dad, Isaac, Isaac and Rebecca, they say to Jacob, okay, I want you to go and marry one of your uncle's daughters. And so, but in the reading of this, it's more than just finding a spouse. It's not like... Um, probably important, maybe important for some people here today, but the, the message here is far more than looking for a spouse or a companion. Um, the reality is, who you marry is important. The choice you make on who you marry is super important. Um, your, the, the choice of your wife can either expand you or your or husband, it can either double you or shrink you. So I want to encourage you, this is not a marriage talk, but particularly for those who aren't married, make sure you find people who are going to expand you. Make sure you find a husband or a wife or in your, in your dating years, find people who are going to draw you closer to God and people who are going to uh, multiply God's goodness in you. Because I know, uh, not from my experience, but I think I, I know I made the right choice. I wouldn't be able to do what I do without my wife doubling who I am. Uh, but I know I've also got friends and family, maybe you've seen them, that their choice of spouse shrinks them, contains them, make good choices. <coughs> anyway, that's a thought that I had. Um, and so Jacob sets off on a really essential journey to find not just a wife, to find a way to leave a legacy, to establish a godly family. Jacob set off to find a wife so he could fulfill what God called him to do to be fruitful and multiply. If you remember back in Genesis, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Jacob really wanted to do what God wanted him to do. Jacob really wanted to be faithful to God's purposes and plans for his life. And we all want that, don't we? We all want 
for us to, to partner with God, what God has called us to do while we inhabit this slice of eternity on earth. And so that's what Jacob went on. He went, we, we have a similar call. We are also called to go out and, and do what God called us, calls us to do. Calls us to sometimes to leave a familiar place or a comfortable place and to pursue all that he has for us in our lives, in our families, in our careers, in our relationships, to take hold of all God has for us. Now, if you know the story of Jacob, Jacob also had a brother. Who knows the brother's name? Esau. And um, if you know the story of Jacob, you, you'll discover that, that Jacob actually uh, deceived his brother Esau and he stole from his brother Esau uh, the family blessing. And, and, the, and all this time, his brother was out to get him, which is understandable. And so Jacob, for uh, up to a certain point in his life, he always, yes, he had a, a promise of blessing, a promise of that God will multiply him and, and God will prosper him. But Jacob also was looking over his shoulder. He was wondering, he was living in fear. He was, he was reminded of what he did in the past. And, the, and, and he was constantly wondering if my past would ever catch up to me. And now maybe you're here this morning and maybe that's something that goes on your mind. Maybe it's not an Esau chasing you, but maybe you've done stuff in your past and, and, you, and you can't walk in freedom because you're wondering, will my past ever come up to me? And, and I think great Andrew and Julie for sharing about BMTC, we've got other prayer ministries as well. But we want to see each one of you walk in freedom from the past and walk in all God has for you. And so we find that, uh, that Jacob was looking over his shoulder. He was a fugitive. And, uh, and so along with this journey of faith and, and promise and purpose, he was living with all those things. And he sets off on this new adventure full of faith. A young man finally off to, to look for a, a wife. Uh, he's probably likely a young teenager. And he off he goes. Mum and dad packs his, 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 you know, his stuff. He's right on his front of walks or donkey or horse or camel or I don't know. Um, but he goes and he's on his way full of excitement. But something is about to happen to Jacob that was unexpected. Something that was, is about to happen that would dramatically change his life. Because all of a sudden, all this excitement and, and energy, I'm off, to, I'm off to get find a wife. I'm trying to think, was there a, a song that fixed that? Probably not. All I've got is, I'm getting married in the morning. Ding dong, the bells are going to chime. That, that's not a good song? Okay. What was that from? My Fair Lady. Thank you. Uh, anyway, so he's off. He was getting married in the morning. The bells were going to chime. He was excited, but then all of a sudden, it got dark. The sun set. It got dark. It got cold. In Genesis 28, we read that sundown he arrived at a good place to set up camp, and he stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and to lay down to sleep. Now, sometimes in our journey of faith, we find ourselves in a dark and rocky place. Sometimes in our journey we find ourselves feeling alone. Sometimes we find that we're trying to do all God wants us to do, but all of a sudden things aren't working out. Sometimes things, we find ourselves tired and weary and worn out. Sometimes we find ourselves in a rocky, hard place and we feel exposed and uncomfortable. And it's here we find our friend Jacob this morning. The sun had set on his journey. His vision had dimmed. And what was once clear was now hard to see, hard to find. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you feel that the sun has set on your journey. 
Maybe you're here this morning and the things you were hoping for, you can't see them anymore. Maybe your vision for your life is dimmed. Maybe you're discouraged and disappointed by circumstances or people. Maybe it's your marriage that was once so bright and full of life and colour, but in the setting sun, it looks dim. Maybe as you look at your situation at work or your family or your finances, you're wondering, you know what, why aren't I full of life and faith and why is it all working out? Maybe your spiritual walk has got to be dark. What used to be so clear, your passion for God, you were, you, were so, you were so excited for God, but all of a sudden it seems to be diminished. Maybe you think God has forgotten you. Maybe you think God will never use you again. Maybe your passion for God is dim. And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands in this space. But I think there's people that are wrestling through some of this. And I, I reckon that because there's been times I've been like that. There's times when I, I wonder what's going on, why circumstances and, and why what I want so I could see so clearly. There's times when it just seems so dark. At the end of the service, we are going to give opportunity. If, you, if you'd like to receive prayer, we're going to invite you up. We just want to let you know that you don't need to remain in a dark place. And if that's you today, I think I, I, I wrestled with this message because I, I, I was wrestling... Uh, I just, I'm just praying and I know it's because God wants to set people free today. And I know it's so easy for us to, I think someone was praying in our prayer meetings. Hey, I want to encourage you, if you happen to get to church early, which is a wonderful thing to do anyway, we've got a great prayer meeting that happens out the back, walk through those doors uh, from about 9-ish to 9.20-ish. Uh, we'd love you to join us. It's not a, God speaks a lot of things in that space. Uh, but I think um, it could have been Candy praying about when you come to church and lay things down, don't pick them up when you walk out the door. If it's fear or shame, this morning, don't leave the stuff. Or leave it here, don't take it with you. Anyway, um, so I've been praying that when things are dark for you, I was reminded as I was preparing this, I was reminded of, and I know many of you have done trips to the outback, um, or out, even out past the Blue Mountains. But I've discovered when things are really dark, you can see so much more of the sky. When things, oh, the thing where pollution and, and, and the stuff of, what, what the, and we love light, we love the, what, what the light brings to us, but when things go dark, my prayer has been that when for you, if you're here in a dark place, if the sun has gone down on you, my prayer is that you would be able to actually look at what's already there. And that perhaps in this space that your eyes, your spiritual eyes will discern something of God's beauty and magnificence and power and grace. That's my prayer for you this morning. So, I want to um, keep going with this, this, this message. At sundown, he re- arrived at a good place. I want you to highlight that for you. Now, your verse might say, Certain place, different, or most versions would say good or certain place. Um, it could also mean when you talk about a good place, it could mean, or a certain place, it could be when Jacob arrived at a particular spot, or a specific place, or a predetermined place, or even a God ordained place, a certain place. 
And you may be thinking in a situation you're looking through and, 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 and walking in, you might be thinking, yeah, I've got plenty of words for the place I find myself in, and good isn't one of them. Yeah, it's certain, it's particular, it's specific, but I'm not going to say good. That might be you this morning, facing a situation that you're saying, how can this place be good? It could be your, your, your relationships or your, or your friendships, you've been deserted or struggling or, or your thought life or you're struggling in your faith or you're trying to figure out who you are, where I fit in this world and you're thinking things aren't good, how can this place be good? There, there's, there's people here facing things this morning, you're wondering how can this place be good? <coughs> because some of those things you're wrestling through, they're not good. Yes, they are tough. And it can feel that the sun has gone down and you can seem for you that everything is lost. If that's you this morning, I want to tell you that you're not alone. Even the heroes of our faith struggled with dark places and hard places. Jesus, he felt forsaken by God. Paul, the Apostle Paul was so distressed and depressed that he couldn't give enough. He would talk about the sentence of death that was over him. Some people say he could have felt suicidal in those places. Elijah felt suicidal in those places. David, King David, felt the sting of betrayal from a friend. And so we, we see that the heroes of it, the Bible doesn't spare us from the challenges of humanity. The challenges of living a life in a broken world. The Bible tells that even our heroes, they all face dark, hard, difficult places. In fact, David would write in Psalm 30, second half, he'd say, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may last through the night, but, but joy is the end, end game, not weeping. Perhaps um, little orphan Annie sums it up better. Sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I need some good vocals in the front row. <laughs> I could hear Jazz. Oh, they're not in the front row. They're the second row. Second row. Okay. <laughs> the, the sun will come up tomorrow. And so even she captured something of what the psalmist David was saying. And it reminded me that in Genesis, in the creation narrative, there was evening and there was morning. You see, life presents sequences of darkness and light. The end game is always light. It's always brightness, it's always colour, it's always God in the midst of it. And so we find Jacob humming that song from Little Orphan Annie in his dreams. And then as he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord and he said... I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you, and I am giving it to you and your descendants. Now this is a fascinating passage, and um, we could spend weeks exploring what the heck's going on. What, what do angels do? Who are angels? What did Jacob see? In fact, very briefly, Hebrews 1 would tell us, therefore angels are only servants. Spirits sent to care for people, who will inherit salvation. Angels are supernatural servants that seem to have errands to do for their master. 
They descend when they're given an assignment and they return when they've completed their supernatural task. And what you discover as you read through scripture, they say, this is not a message about angels, but as you'll discover that angels assignments of people to bring comfort and care and provision and hope and courage. So um, that's probably all I'm going to talk about angels for today. Uh, and other than the fact that in our prayer meeting this morning, um, little, little uh, Samson could see angels up in um, just in our, in our prayer room. There's a reason to, to come along. Um, but just, that's just so beautiful. And so um, I'm just mindful, and you'll see this, this scripture today, that we do live in, in dual worlds. We live in a natural world, but we also live in a spiritual world. Anyway, so, so Jacob has a vision which he sees angels being sent and returning with their jobs done. He's heard a vision where he saw the supernatural being released in the world. And, um, and the stairway becomes the interface between heaven and earth. Jacob's ladder is the title of my message. But we see that the stairway to heaven is, is the pathway, the conduit for heaven to touch earth. And a few verses later, I'll just put it out there, Jacob would call the place where he was, he would name the place, he would call it Bethel. He would call it, this is the house of God. And we'll get to that in a minute. So, so as Jacob looked at this stairway, his perspective shifted from what was around. I mean, if you've done your science experiments, you've seen the little Jacob's ladder, high voltage, little electricity that goes up the... Has seen that? I don't need to explain it if you've seen it, because all four of us have. That's great. Um, but either way, your, your eyes are drawn upwards as you follow, as you follow the electricity spark go up these two wires. Um, so what Jacob finds himself is he's observing the interface between heaven and earth. His eyes are being drawn up. And Jacob, in his dark place, in a place of his rocky place, his eyes are lifted from the natural. His eyes are lifted away from the difficult space he finds himself and he turns his eyes upon God. His, his perspective shifts from his place to God's place. Yes, he was in an uncomfortable, lonely, dark and rocky place. And it's at that point he meets God at his point of need. And it's interesting to see what God did. Because if, if Jacob was cold, God didn't give him a blanket. If Jacob was there and he was lonely, God didn't provide him friends. If, G if Jacob was afraid, God didn't send an angel to say, fear not. If he was uncomfortable, God didn't give Jacob a mattress. What we see in the time of fear, in the time of darkness, in the time of uncertainty, God provided Jacob hope. In fact, he provided Jacob a, a powerful vision, a powerful prophetic vision of the future. In fact, 2,000 years later, everyone say 2,000 years? 2,000 years later, Jesus said this. He said, the truth is, you will see all of heaven open and the angels of God going up and down the Son of Man. Jesus was, was directly referencing what Jacob saw 2,000 years later. It was a massive statement that Jesus, Jesus said this to Nathaniel at the beginning of his ministry. Jesus was saying he was the stairway. That Jesus is the interface between heaven and earth. We know that. Jesus said, I am the, light, the, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, for us as, as Christians, our, our framework for our life, we understand that Jesus is the only way. 
He's the pathway that we connect ourselves to our Father in heaven. He is the conduit for us to discover God's goodness, His promises, and His power. It's through Jesus. So no matter how dark your night is, no matter how rocky your ground is, or how hard the pillow is, or how dim your vision, or how lonely your journey, we are encouraged to change our perspective, to stop looking at the, our place, at our natural, and to see through the eyes of faith, to have a look at who Jesus is, to let our lives be, be drawn up to who Jesus is, through the eyes of faith, and, and be like Jacob. And when Jacob looked up to God, God would reassure him of his promise and his purpose and plans for his life. Friends, I want to encourage you. If you're in one of those dark and hard places, yeah, I want you to acknowledge it is hard and dark. And it may be rocky, and you may be struggling in where you're at, but I want to encourage you, look up. Allow, allow your spiritual eyes. It happened to Elisha when he was surrounded by uh, armies of the enemy. And, the, and, and the, Elisha's servant was freaking out because there were physically there were armies all around. And Elisha prayed and, and God opened the servant's eyes and he saw the spiritual realm. And said, so I believe we do live in a double realm. And maybe if you're in a hard and difficult place, maybe my prayer is for you that God would open your eyes. That you would actually see the spiritual reality. That things may be hard and dark and rocky. But if you lift up your eyes, you'll see Jesus, the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. So, in verse 16, then Jacob woke up and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. And he was afraid. He was in awe and he said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than Bethel, the house of God, the gateway to heaven. This is one of the most exciting verses in the Bible for me. And uh, I don't know if you can catch, maybe uh, you probably can't, I can give you a little bit of a glimpse of the power of this verse. Maybe you can go home and pray about this verse. Just consider what, what God is saying. See, Jacob had a glimpse, I believe Jacob had a glimpse of the role of God's house. Jacob had a glimpse of the role of God's people, of God's, of God's community, of God's church. I'm not talking about the four walls of the church. I'm talking about a people who gather together and who are the body of Christ, who are the church of God, who are called out and filled with the Spirit of God. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago at Pentecost. We talked about how the Holy Spirit that once it came in the Old Testament came from people for times and moments at Pentecost came and filled every single believer. And that we together become spiritual stones forming a spiritual house. We are the house of God. And, and I, what I love about this is that, that we are the interface to heaven. We are the people that, that people see Jesus through us. And we talk about the message of Jesus and who Jesus is. We're the ones that point people to Jesus. And we're the ones who show people that Jesus is the answer. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. We are entrusted with the keys to life. The keys to healing to our community. Friends, this is an awesome place. Yeah, the, the gather. I'm not, I'm not just talking about, oh, this, this is a pretty good place here. But I'm, I'm talking about you. Us. Jacob had a glimpse of that. And he goes, God's plans for his church, his people, his house is an awesome plan. Because they connect, he, because we connect them to Jesus. 
and Jesus is the only way to the Father. An awesome place, and we have an awesome responsibility. So if we are Christians, each one of us have experienced, we should be experiencing Jesus. And uh, I don't know if you can remember when you got saved. Uh, I, and I think it was great. Thank you, Ken, for sharing that opportunity and day of opportunity of, of salvation. Maybe this idea of salvation or getting saved or, or, asking, or surrendering to Jesus. Maybe that's foreign to you. Maybe today was the day you said, you know, I'm going to surrender to him. But, but for many of us, probably likely most of us, when the day you got saved, can you remember the encounter you had with the living word? Can you remember the moment when your, when your heart was awakened? As the Spirit of God uh, breathed life into you. Can anyone remember that? What an awesome day that was. What a powerful day that was. When Jesus met you, met me in a, in a dark and lonely, a hard, maybe a rocky time. And maybe at that time he restored our vision, restored your sight. Forgave your sins. And maybe you put your feet back on the rock again. And the, the, the famous... Um, him, amazing grace. You know, I once was blind, but now I see. I was once darkened. I was living in a dark place, but when the Spirit of God came into me, I could now see. This is what Jacob was having a glimpse of all that happens when Jesus comes into our life. And so, if you can remember what happened for you, do you believe that He can do the same thing to those around you? He can reveal His light to those in dark, rocky places. That Jesus can speak life into their decay. That Jesus can speak health into their bodies. That Jesus can speak comfort and life into their world. This is the message that we have. This is the message I feel as I look at the story of Jacob, as I look at the stairway to heaven, all I see is Jesus. And the, and the wonderful revelation that Jacob had when he found Jesus in an unexpected place. And Jesus spoke hope and purpose and promise into his life. Finding God in unexpected places. Could that team up, thanks. thanks. Yeah, we've already touched on the truth that Jesus is the only way to salvation. Jesus is the only way that we find life. For our bodies, for our spirits, for, for who we are. He is the life giver. I'm going to get, um, in a moment we're just going to sing a song. And I want to just give an opportunity, as I said before, if you're in a hard, difficult, rocky place, we'd love to pray for you. Our prayer team is going to be up in front, and maybe if there's others that have your connect group leader, I don't know, just see what God does in this space. But something Jacob said, which is interesting, he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't, I wasn't aware. Maybe you're here this morning and, and maybe you're in God's house, but you are. And maybe you're here and you're watching other people, people worship and praise and touch God and you're thinking, I don't have that. Maybe you're not aware. Maybe your experience of God is different. I believe this morning God wants you, God wants you to have a bigger vision of Him. And so as we, as we sing this song, if you're here and you'd like prayer, or maybe you're not aware of God's presence, We'd love to point you to Jesus, point you to the stairway, and that your eyes will be drawn away from the stuff around, and your eyes will be lifted up to the Lord.
maybe you're here this morning, this is, again, if you're for, for prayer, if you'd like some prayer. I just felt to, to make a note, if you're here this morning, you're alone and tired in a dark, hard and rocky place. Maybe you've got fear, uncertainty. Maybe you're unable to find a place of comfort. Today we want to encourage you. We want to stand with you and help you to lift up your eyes. So why don't we all stand together, please? We want to, um, as we sing, I want to invite you. To this. You're welcome to come to the front. Or if you're there and maybe that's uncomfortable for you, that's cool. But if you, if you need prayer, why don't you say to the person Better still, why don't you say to the person next to you? Anyone, anyone right now, everyone say to the person next to you, would you like me to pray for you? Would you like me to walk up the front with you? And then if they said, oh, yeah, but no, say, come on, we'll go together. And you can do that as, as we worship and then we pray.